0: Hello and welcome to the Junkyard Love Podcast. You don't mind let's start with kind of just just a brief bio background like like who are you what is it that you do
1: yeah sounds great sounds great that question you know honestly is always kind of uh, uh, stumped me in some ways right because it's such a big question but i'll definitely dive into it um so currently i am a small business owner so i operate this company called black sheep business Consulting. Uh, I'm five and a half years sober. I'm feeling pretty decent overall life. Life still has a lot of challenges, but um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. My story um, goes all over the place, of course. Um, you know, I grew up in, um, in a city where we were middle class, had a great community of um, friends around me. And uh, from a young age, like lots of people, maybe not like that many people, but we, we drank a lot, <laughs> you know, we yeah, I think, I think a lot of, you know, young guys kind of fell into that space and, and girls, but um yeah, so as time progressed, um, I got really interested in having big goals in life, you know, I wanted to be an athlete, that was really my overarching goal, um, and honestly, like, I really believe I want to bring positive change to the world. So it's like, I'm going to be an athlete, but I'm going to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was way more general then than it is now. Now I have much more clear objectives of how I could help. But yeah, so as I went through life, you know, I just kept digging into um, this cycle of addiction, really, in many different ways, um, drinking lots, um, was pretty aggressive too, honestly, growing up and, um, as time went on, uh, the, the pro athlete thing didn't work out. Wasn't big enough to be a forward in rugby. Wasn't fast enough to be a back. So there's two positions there forwards and backs. And, uh, yeah, I kept getting injured. So I, around 18 or 19, I, I stepped out of, um, out of that position of, you know, wanting to go pro and, um, I started working with my dad's business full time. Whereas, you know, from 10 to 18, I was just part-time. So he had a property service business. I started to get more and more into that. I always loved business in the back of my mind. I was always like business, business, business. That was the other, the other option for me. Right. So dove into that for a few years, um, operated business for three years, just the, uh, the the alcoholism was growing i was like i think it was the um it was like the definition of work hard play hard you know i would and especially when you're 19 years old and 20 you're like oh i can drink i can drink water and then i can go to work and i'm fine and, <laughs> and you get a little older and you're like whoa what's happening here so yeah you know i i i did that it was awesome i I learned so much through those uh, few years there from like 18 to 21. And then by the time I got to 21, I realized the business was not sustainable. The way I had set it up, I really wanted to scale the business and it, it wasn't really happening. Plus, at the same time, I was pretty fatigued and stressed because I hadn't had learned about wearing yourself out, which does which does happen. So you need to always be conscious of that, I I believe. So I, I stepped out of it and my dad agreed and because um, he was kind of helping and like mentoring me sort of as I was going through that stage of my life and he agreed he's like yeah we'll step out of it so I stepped out of it you know 21 22 I had a bit of cash there because I, I got out of the business and traveled a lot so I from like 21 to 26 I traveled tons like there's always more traveling to do I'm not the most well traveled person but I'm not the least well-traveled person. Here.
0: Were you uh, traveling for work or, or leisure or a bit of both?
1: Leisure. Leisure. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely leisure. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember one time I, uh, the first trip I went on my own, I arrived in Stockholm, Sweden at, on like a Friday night at like 10 p.m. or something. <laughs> and I was there to party. Anyways, and the guard, like I walked up and they're like, in the purpose of the trip, there's like this Swedish guard, this woman there. And I said, I'm here to party. And she's, <laughs> and she's like, that's not a valid reason to enter Sweden, unfortunately. And I'm like, uh, for leisure. And she said, Oh, come on in. Anyways, that so was, funny. Funny. I know that was like the beginning of my 21 year old trip to Europe. Wherever. That reminds
0: me of, uh, have you seen Super Bad? with uh i have it
1: but i i uh, I should have i know yeah
0: he has he has this scene where uh like a cop asks him he has a fake id and it just says mclovin as his name it's ridiculous it's a a hilariously stupid movie you should totally watch it but um uh like they ask how old he is and he says old enough to party (laughs) that's his his (laughs) response It's just so stupid but yeah
1: Yeah, that's awesome yeah that's straight out of that movie my response yeah but um yeah so You know, I traveled a lot there, Um, just kept digging into um, the substance abuse Mm -hmm. abuse and whatnot. Came back, my plan was... So in one sense, what happened there was awesome because I really stepped into the idea that I'm not that concerned about... From a young age, I'm not that concerned about, you know, letting go of a business... At a crucial time in your life, right? Because when you usually when you leave high school, you're like, "What am I going to do with my life?" That's one of the biggest questions that plagues you. And as time goes on, you're either like, in your mind, going, "I've got this," or "I don't have this," or "I have some parts of it," or "I don't." You, you're less about like, "What am I doing?" and more about like, "Okay, where am I? Where am I at internally? Where am I at? Maybe even financially? Where am I at? You know, with relationships." So, a lot of people are plagued by that question, and rightfully so. And I was more like, you know what? I'm going to be fine whatever I do. I'm, I am I have a few different ideas of what I'm going to go into. This isn't right in business right now, and let's do something else. So anyways, long story short, traveled lots. Love to chat about that maybe a little bit later uh, on the show. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, as time went on, um, I um, started working in utilities and just got into more and more um, uh, recreational activities um, with different substances and whatnot, and then yes. really got into that for a few years from like 24 to 27. And then I had this life-changing event um, when I was mm. 27, I believe, and that's what kind of set me on the current trajectory I'm on. Mm.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want, I feel like this is a, a phenomenal, you know, we could spend some time on this life changing event if, if you don't mind. Cause, uh, yeah. I feel like many, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I had a, a similar, you know, around that age is where like, it's like everything seemed to change. And, um, I don't know if you're familiar, but, uh, like in the artist world, and the world of musicians, I might've mentioned this to you on our call. There's like this 27 club, um, Yes. Yeah. So there's like like Nirvana, Kurt Cobain, uh, uh, you know, it's essentially like I'm going to party like a rock star, like, you, you know, live every day, you're going to die, whatever. Like, so you, you basically are under the understanding that you're kind of like going to die when you're 27. Um, Hendrix,
1: Hendrix, too. There's all these different ones. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's so many. So something um, weird with our psychology there, too, for sure.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So, yeah, no, that was definitely.
0: (laughs) So, so yeah. Um, What, what changed? What what happened? And and, yeah, let's talk about mm -hmm. life before and after.
1: Definitely. Definitely. So I really enjoyed going to white caps games. So it's this, uh, the soccer team. And, uh, I was actually there with my dad. I was a season ticket holder. And, um, but you wouldn't sit in the seats. You'd stand. it was the super section. So I was at a game, and by the way, I'm completely in the wrong on all this. I shouldn't have done any of this, but it's just, this is kind of what happened. Um, mm-hmm. So I was at this game, second half. Usually no one would be in the seats to the left of me because the whole section was just like supporters. And anyways, no one usually was in that, in those two seats for whatever reason. Um, I, yeah, so basically there were these gentlemen next to me that were standing there. And I guess they had like, they were standing, but there was a half drank water bottle in the cup holder to the left of me. So being, you know, inebriated, I just thought, ah, that's not a big deal because I had these two beers and I dropped it behind their seat, um, which of course I should not have done. And then I put one of the beers I was holding in there as the game continued, uh, one of them brought it up to me and, you know, was rather upset and I i believe paul i apologized and i you know said that i was in the wrong but who knows um as time went on and i was pretty loud because a lot of people in that section are really loud and chanting and doing things they continued to bring up the issue and call call names and whatnot and it, it really continued and anyways um you know, some back and forth happened and eventually a, a fight broke out. Um, again, it sounds like a broken record, but I'm completely wrong on this. And yeah, but, uh, in the end, you know, the police came down, um, I was in like a pretty violent fight, um, between a bunch of different individuals there. Um, and in the end I was charged with, you know, three, uh, Charged but not convicted in the end uh so charged with three counts of assault and um uh was asked to not return to the uh the event center there the stadium and as time went on i had a court date in october um that was in august and um in september i just like by fluke called a number for a lawyer because I needed a lawyer and it happened to be somebody I went to high school with who I know was incredible at law and very intelligent because one of my best friends is a lawyer and he would always tell me that he was like leading the university and just, just incredible. So it was interesting how that worked out. That was on a Monday. He checked my file this is at like 745 PM so most people aren't working, you know, and answering calls at that time. Um, and he as of the friday the prosecutor had reviewed the files prior to going into court and he put put out like a um put out a um like a court order that i would have to follow um pretty much stating that i would not drink um throughout the entire court proceedings like for the next however many months or years I didn't see it because I'm not checking that system. And there was like a warrant out for my arrest. So it was pretty incredible. This gentleman was able to communicate this to me, <laughs> search it, find it, like communicate it to me, make a plan with me, um, secure me as a client. <laughs> right, secure me as a client. Uh and then go on to so over the next few days, speak to the prosecutor set up a time for us to go into court and meet me outside of the courtroom walk me through without getting arrested because technically i should have been arrested at at that point in time so no handcuffs put on me whatsoever he walked me through because he knew all the different security guards and whatnot at the courthouse and uh and then leading up to that talk to me about the court order and say to me you know if you want to do this and if you're going to agree to it if you plan to drink throughout this process don't agree to it because um you will face potentially jail time if you if you're caught drinking throughout the court proceedings here over the next few months so inside i felt friggin saved because i was like this is the first time finally something's forcing me to do this i've felt inside multiple times that i have this issue and it's like it's such a personal thing, right? You could drink. I truly believe you could drink every single day, and you could not be an alcoholic. It's, or you could drink once a year, and you could be an alcoholic, or once every twenty years. Like, so it's such a personal thing. And inside, I had tried to stop. My family didn't. Not to blame my family, but they never thought. They just thought it was a joke. They're like, "Oh, Kevin's fine." But but inside, I really, <laughs> I really wanted something to like get in my way so i I was like holy jeez i literally felt saved because i had to stop drinking there's probably a little bit of fear there too at at the beginning but i also remember feeling that i can actually remember where i was standing it was on the top of a landfill because that's where i was working i was doing different uh utilities and piping because landfills have a lot of methane gas so and it was kind of cool because just the way the sun was out it was like this really interesting setting and I always remember just like walking and being on the phone and just like yeah and thinking about it so anyways mm-hmm. from that point on yeah it was from that point on it was um it was serenity right it was it was turning myself over and um saying I have an issue and I'm willing I'm willing for something outside of myself to guide me and as court went on and as, as everything went on I went through the steps of You know, volunteering, Um, I realized I had a huge anxiety issue, like huge. And that's that's really what was driving me to drink was the fact that. Inside, I was nervous, I was scared and I was I didn't feel right, like a lot of us. Right. A lot. Everyone to some extent feels like that. Right. So it came to the surface. So it took about eight months to go through the whole process. a part of it because they kept throwing it out for a little bit so they'd be like ah it's almost christmas let's wait till after christmas and see if this guy messes up or let's let's you know let's mm. let's get down the road a little bit let's and um yeah for me that's just all external to me and it was amazing and positive in a lot of different ways so as we got to the end one of the um victims or complainants um you know just was not very happy Rightfully so. And, um, they pushed it and they were like, Hey, we want to see more done. So the last month was like, okay, I went to court and they were like, okay, it's going to be an intense month. Basically this is what my lawyer kind of told me there's going to be, you know, you'll be volunteering at where the court says, not where you want to volunteer. Like they're going to tell you where, um, so it will be X amount of hours there. Um, there's gonna be drug and alcohol counseling uh, and a few other items. And you're gonna have a p- parole officer that you have to report to you for that month. If you do all this, then we should be good to move forward out, out of this and drop the charges as long as you're remorseful and move forward. Um so in that month, that all happened kind of on a Monday, sort of leading up to that, you know, maybe a week or so, and then something like that. And then on the Monday went into court, boom. Um and coming out of court you know i met with the parole officer spoke with them i called the place that i was supposed to go to and they were like hey look this is for people who have like serious um you know subscription addictions you know downers uh there's a wait list they're like look we we can't let you in right now so i communicated that to the parole officer then they said hey what about uh alcoholics anonymous there's a meeting you know tonight and i was like great you know i inside i was like yes something's gonna save me something like that so i went into this meeting and i had four of those once once a week um for that month and uh it was so cool the first meeting like most people in aa you're just like what is this so it was an all men's meeting which was great because i've heard that in like men's and women's meetings a lot of people get distracted and they're like oh how am i how am i appearing and how am i whereas in men's or if you're you know just in a woman's one like it you're just focused on just being honest and just sharing your truth right so it it was great and uh, but the first meeting is really weird because everyone is for the most part sober everyone's very nice and everyone's laughing and for someone who's like a male who grew up drinking and like you know a lot of sports teams which where you're just being like a degenerate maybe and like drinking doing this and that like to go to a meeting where everyone's sober in a room and just like laughing and enjoying themselves is very strange it's like you're on another planet really yeah 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 really and everyone says the same thing too everyone always goes like first meeting i was like you guys are something's up here
0: yeah did, did did i walk into a cult room on accident like what is this yeah.
1: seriously and like uh, I, yeah i yeah i didn't know what was happening so and i also didn't know if they had someone from the courts there that was gonna like listen so i was like i did not know what so i was like can i are you guys all real like are you guys because i had my court papers too and they're like hey <laughs> nobody knows anyone from your court pretty much something to that degree share Mm -hmm. share and just whatever so
0: like you're safe you can you can communicate freely you know you don't have to have guards up you know
1: exactly so you know i shared a bit and as the weeks went on um you know after the first or second meeting there's this guy called john and uh you know he just kind of said hey it's all good it's all good and just started to like calm me and that was one of pieces that i used to battle the anxiety thing, and my therapist that I reached out to and I still work with today said a, a similar thing. Right? That's where I, w- I was really shook. Like I don't know what happened to me as a child, but I, and that calming, just like it's all good, it's all good. That's what I really needed. So, anyways, as time went on, I've, I've pretty much stayed with that group since um, the charges were were dropped, um, which is you know, a blessing in many ways. At the same time, I, I'm very, very remorseful for what happened and grateful that I'm able to see everything from this new new light, you know. And, um, yeah, times time has gone on and uh, just, you know, I'm still going to that same meeting, that mm-hmm. same Monday night, 8 p.m. men's meeting, and uh, still seeing that therapist that I met just right around that same time, I started seeing an anxiety therapist. She's fantastic and life's continued on. And I've, that's where really, you know, this spiritual part, which I think is, you know, great for your show and for your audience to kind of chat about it. Like that's where that really came to light. Like where the light started shining real bright and where I came to my own beliefs own personal beliefs in that regard so yeah um
0: wow yeah okay wow so so i mean what i'm what i'm sensing from you what i'm hearing from you is just like this overflowing cup of just gratitude for this situation you know it's like like you're, you're trying to find this way of of speaking about this thing that actually happened, you know, you, you made an ass out of yourself when you were drunk at a baseball game, you know, or, or at a, at a sporting event. And, yeah. um, you know, in, and, and you don't want to talk about it in a sense of like, I was in the right, you know, I definitely hear you saying like, man, I was just totally unconscious to my actions, you know? And, and, um, th- this, this anxiety factor really, really sneaks in here on me. Cause I wonder about this. Like I feel so many of us, you know, myself included in my own journey, um, like you, you're almost like you don't you don't necessarily realize why you're drinking so much. Like why can't I have an okay time without the drinking? Like what? It, like and then when you hear someone say, "Well, I had I had an anxiety problem. I was like running away from someone. I'm trying not to feel this like uncomfortable anxiety that's like still in here all the time. I'm trying to shut it up or whatever." It's hard to hard to hear that unless you're on the other side and then you can kind of admit, "Oh yeah, I had that. You know that I had that anxiety too. It was eating me alive." To-
1: to- totally. And like I always with. All of this, it's like most people, we speak about this in A. I don't want to quote A, but this is my own kind of take. So, most people are in the middle of everything. They're in an okay job. And I'm not trying to downplay like people in general, but just they're stuck in the middle. It's like, it's everything's okay. Maybe the relationship's okay. Maybe they feel okay about themselves. Maybe their goals are okay. They're kind of going for everything's okay. It's just kind of in the middle. One great thing about going all out in life is that you're going to fail and you're going to fail real big sometimes. Like it's (laughs) like things are going to blow up potentially, uh, figuratively speaking. And that was kind of the crash course that I was on. And this was like the huge, big, major fail. And through that, I was able to realize know that i had a huge that i was way too aggressive that i had an anxiety challenge like a really big one that i was using alcohol from a very young age to like numb myself right Uh, majorly numb myself and other substances and so that's just the one like if i could share one thing with anyone who's kind of in the middle on stuff it's like go all out just because the failure, like at that time, I was like, this is the end of everything, this, this, how am I going to get through it? That was always the plan, right? Like, how am I going to get through this in life? How am I going to get through that? And by letting everything blow up, you're able to kind of just step back and go, okay, where was I completely wrong? But if you just are always in the middle, you're just always going to stay there, right? And that's a great thing but alcoholics and maybe anyone who's it could maybe even extending outside of alcoholics like somebody who's in a relationship or maybe somebody who's abusive himself it's like when you're able to kind of step out of it you're able to examine it with like a new light so yeah it's not always the worst to kind of run into these major issues because you can you can learn so much about it but just from the alcohol standpoint it's like are we grateful alcoholics or even like Uh, In any, even in like relationships, are you in a bad relationship? Are you grateful that you were in that bad relationship? The idea is that we are grateful because without this trauma and without these challenges, we wouldn't have been able to learn this, right? So, can you imagine just being in the middle of everything? I'm going from one okay relationship to another okay one. My job's okay. Could be better, could be worse. You're never going to learn anything, right? So, anyways, it's just, going all out and almost like my the way I think is really visual and in rugby so you play a lot of rugby we would always talk about when you're going to crash a ball so you're you're taking the ball it's kind of like football in a sense you you're looking to go as far forward as you can before you go to the floor before you go to the ground taking somebody else with you like literally grabbing one of your fellow teammates and running in so that they help push you like another, you know, a yard forward. That is what I always think about when I think about, um, like failing in life is like with your team, go as far as you can crash and then get up again and do it again. Right. Like, so anyways, it's kind of a, <laughs> a physical way of thinking about it, but that just always comes to mind in, in, in business and a lot of different things. This is reference, right? You know, just taking something to the extremes that you can learn from it, right? Even Mm -hmm. for marketing, like I do a lot of marketing with the business. There's this guy called Alex Hermazian. He says marketing is just a fancy word, a fancy nine letter word for test. It's all you're doing, right? You're just testing how something works. So,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. anyways, it's, 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 It's good. It's good to fail. It's good to fail. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And and I like that. I feel like what was coming to mind is this, um, and I've said it on here a lot and I've butchered it just as many times. Um, I I forget exactly if it was like Vikings or what, but back in the day there's this story of, um, you know, landing, getting a bunch of ships together, the army lands, boom, and they all start, you know, approaching, they're they're approaching the enemy camp and then they, they look back and the uh, leader of it has burnt all of the boats. He's burnt the ships. And and he's and they're like, what are you doing? And and he's like, we can't lose now. Like we can't go back. There's no option to go back. You know. And so oh, sometimes gosh. you almost got to like hear that. You, you got to hear that. You, catalyst is is a great word. I feel like catalyst for like um you know it's, this a spiritual awakening or really just the catalyst for living through a more true version of who you are. In a lot of ways, you know. I'm, and, I'm, and and I you know I, I guess what I think um. How did you I mean, it seems to you like you had this this beautiful moment of being like at the, at the waste control place, you know and and uh, <laughs> and you said like these you notice this this is the colors in the sky and whatever, you know it's yeah how did you? 'Cause a lot of this thing, like like for me with my own addictions, with my own, you know, I've I've had plenty of plenty of way too late nights, you know, multiple nights a weekend. And uh, you know, I get off I'm at a club and I'm DJing and then it's that, that's when the party starts and it's 10 a.m. and I'm still awake and I'm talking everybody's ear off because I've been doing a bunch of coke and, and <laughs> just drinking 25 beers and all that stuff. And um a lot of times it's like I have this intuition inside. I have this like voice going, What are you doing, dude? You don't need this you know you don't want to do this this doesn't make you feel good you've learned this lesson already how many how many more times must you learn it you know how do you how do you think that you finally were able to hear that voice because i think so many once we're on the other side we can go yeah man i had that voice too i had that intuition trying to tell me like you're not doing the thing
1: yes yeah, so a few totally so a few different things a you can never a yeah, few different things first you have to ask yourself a series of questions right Are you in a place where you're addicted to what you're doing, right? It's like, it's a yes or a no. Okay. So you have to ask yourself like, Hey, do I have a problem where I actually need to turn myself over to something else? Because doing it alone, I don't, I honestly don't believe works personally. I can't answer it for the person who just thinks that they have like a really strong habit for it. I can only say for if you actually, and this extends to like relationships, extends to like, say you're working at a place and your your boss is horrible and you've tried to like complain, make it better, but it's not working. You're in a situation, regardless, where something is insane and you need to get out of it. You need to ask yourself whether that's alcohol, drugs, relationship, anything spiritually maybe you're in a a religion or you're practicing something that isn't working right ask yourself whether it's insanity whether you need to get out of it or not if you're willing to do whatever it takes to get out of it to make your life better then you need to take the next step for myself and for anyone this might extend to other things so for myself it was the first part so with the whole junkyard thing like sorry not junker but the whole um landfill seeing that was just like the question I asked myself then was this because leading up to then, You know, I worked a job, I paid my taxes for the most part. I, I did everything. I just used a lot of substances on my own time and traveled and was like kind of crazy in that regard. I like to go to really dangerous places. Anyways, <laughs> slightly dangerous and we can into that in a bit, but, um, I asked myself on that landfill, the question was this, Okay, tough guy, I literally like said that to myself, sorry, it's kind of embarrassing, but, you know, you think you're this and that because I would I would go to these sporting events for for the soccer thing, and I would see the other teams and I would like lip them off and this and that like I was anyways, one time, for example, they like, they were walking down the street, after a game, and they had like a sticker and they jumped up and put it on a, on a, a lamppost like really high. And i ran <laughs> sorry i shouldn't be laughing at this this is a different game by the way i ran up and like jumped really high and grabbed it and i just put it in my box. and i'm like not in our city like this and that and and anyways but the whole thing is i was in many ways out of control i consider myself to be a hooligan i said to myself where are you going to take this at, the, at that point in time like that was kind of one of the questions because it wasn't like an immediate call of, hey look this is here like we were kind of going back and forth for a bit so that was running through my head i was like are you willing to keep going down that path? Or are you going to realize right now, have this issue? You need to like, listen to this excellent legal advice. And you know, you have a drug and alcohol problem as well. And this is like a saving grace. And, and I was able to go, okay, I'm willing to try this because inside I've always believed in good in myself, right? I'm like, I need, I need to do what is good. I need to do what is right. So I, it was a step into serenity where I was like, okay, I'm going to try whatever it takes here because I know this is the right path. So that's kind of where it started. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. You have to, you have to kind of like, yeah, you you have to almost get out. You have to get out of your own way in in a lot of aspects to like, let that other thing come through. Oh, Totally. And
1: and that's like in the program about, and I I say this, but this extends to like pretty much anything right? Like anything else where it's like, you have a problem where you need to get out of something. The first step in AA, which again, I think is translatable, is admitting that it's an issue. Boom. Mm-hmm. You know, I, this is out of my control. I'm powerless over this, this thing, this, whatever this addiction is, whatever it is, it's, I, I can't do it and it's not working and I need I need something else to save me basically. And then Mm -hmm. I don't want to butcher the steps, but I know from there it goes, like I do a lot and everyone knows all the different codes and the, this, not codes, but like all the different steps. And for me, I'm just a sponge. I listen and then I try to implement in my life. And that's my truth is like, I believe that you can do things wrong all the time, but if inside you're literally trying your best, it's all good. Right, which is the opposite of what we're told in public school and everything. It's like, don't take risks. You need to, if you don't get this number on here, you're a bozo and you're this and you're going to go down this path. And it's like, the older I get, the more I've realized that's the biggest freaking lie ever. And it's like, if that was bad when I was growing up, (laughs) Uh, like, like what's what's happening now? So, anyway, so yeah, but you know, it's yeah just i i was able to start going down that path and um of just like opening myself to other things and that's what's cool about it is over the last five and a half years the number one thing that's like kind of risen i don't want to say over top of everything because my sobriety and um you know my religious beliefs and whatnot that's like number one but the biggest theme is Taoism. And the idea of just like energy, good, bad, evil, and just that the universe is always moving and changing. Um, and resistance is one of the biggest things that you want to step away from. And this is what I see in a all the time. And I think we can all see this in our lives and with with our friends and our family. We have people, in the program that can't get it they can't get it But when i talk to them about their their spiritual connection whether it's like hey i believe in spirituality i believe in whenever i go into the woods something speaks to me and i feel connected with myself like i need to go earth or i just need to meditate or i like to read books about math or i'm buddhist or i'm islamic or, i believe in christ like, whatever it is um you need to find something god is god i believe is real and it's not you that's the most important thing right Uh when we when we step away from like that's something that is said a lot in the program is like all you need to know is that god is real and it's not you that's not to to put yourself down because i believe that god is in everything to an extent but it's just to say hey you know when something great happens you don't have to say hey i did that i did that hey something external to me did it and if what you're doing the the work you're putting in each and every day is building on that positivity then you're on the right track right as soon as you start saying like anything that happens is my fault like every single time like if i fall asleep Mm -hmm. For a meeting and miss message, that's 100% my fault. If this happened like, as soon as you k- keep, you're putting yourself on a pedestal where you're like, you're God, the reality is that it has to be something external to yourself. So anyways, yeah. that's just yeah. like...
0: Yeah. yeah you, you thought you had all this control, but in, in the end, it's like almost the, the key is to let go of the control and trust that whatever just happened is exactly what's supposed to happen. There's something you needed to learn. There's something, oh, you're stuck behind this red light. Well, maybe it stopped you from getting t bone at the next light. You know what I mean? There's little things that I, I was thinking of. I, I have this line of poetry I've written, find a place to pray to something bigger than you and your stories. and And, and it's like, so, so often we we're so mean to ourselves. And like you were saying with the letter grade, you know, we're kind of in, in the, the Western world of thinking, it's like you, you either do good or you're bad or you're, you get that big old F or you're failing. And it's like, you stop trying to take your letter report card at all times. Stop trying to judge yourself on if you're doing well enough. Like, like you said, inside, if, if you know you're trying your best, like you're really just like doing the thing and you're being honest about that with yourself, mm-hmm. then I think you're being led to the water, you know?
1: That's, that's exactly it. That's exactly it and that's where like the biggest thank you ever goes out to like you know any teacher anyone's ever had that goes okay i know they taught us this in like (laughs) teaching school you know in university but i'm gonna go a little bit outside of this curriculum and make somebody you know believe in themselves who might be having a bad day and like just because that's the real that's the good stuff right like like Mm -hmm. we can we can sit around be robots and just be like oh yeah you're failing or you're smart or you're great at this, but, um, yeah, exploring that other side of things is just so key. Right. And, uh, there's so much of that, there's so much of that happening and it's great, right? Like everything, everything we knew as a culture 50 years ago, how much of it is completely different now. Right. Like I just, I love, I don't want to derail too much, but I just love how, you know, we're beginning to explore psychedelics. Like I never, I've never done psychedelics that I know of. Um, one time I, I some, one time I had some. One time I had some weed laced or something, and
0: now <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, weed in itself can be sort certainly a yeah. psychedelic experience, especially um edibles. Edibles are actually like five times more psychoactive than uh, just smoking the THC. So it's definitely you're in for an adventure. But if if you're not in the right set and setting, you're just trying to constantly stay 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 exactly who you are. When the trick to psychedelics is to let go of who you are and experience, you know, the God that is the Tao, you know, experience yeah. the everything that is actually happening. And then you go, Oh, I'm not just my body. I'm not my thoughts. I'm not, you know, I'm much more than this. That's what psychedelics are kind of, you know, intended to open up in this.
1: It's great. I, like I, I am such a fan of all that. And I'm just like, why, when I was doing all that, did I not try any of that stuff? Just, yeah. yeah. But anyways, but that's, that is so awesome. And,
0: uh, yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, yeah, dude, I, I just think it's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for bringing vulnerability, you know. To, I'm sure it's, you know, maybe it gets easier, you know, day after day, year after year, to like share that story. But, um, you know, if you're anything like me, it's it's been a heck of us putting my foot in my mouth and stumbling over it and saying the wrong things. And finally, like, you know, if, you, uh, you know, I'm 31 now, and in my sort of my sort of catalyst to to you know be myself and have some sort of connection with something bigger than me um, started around the same time. And it's just been a a heck of a time trying to figure out what I think about it and what I mean about it and and how I can find grounding now. And um, I think that's the the gift of it is stumbling out loud. And that's, I think a podcast is a beautiful thing to, um, it's not a five minute interview. You know, it's not a, it's not a, you know, you have to say the exact same right words and you have to express yourself super clearly. It's like, think out loud what you're kind of going through and and we can resonate with that. You know, that's, it's a beautiful thing
1: it's so great i completely agree i've probably been on over the last like since covid maybe five podcasts something like that and it's that every single time what is it about podcasts that you know just makes us i think it's what you said right it's that it's not it's not super short. you're able to dive into it and like you know if we can strip the podcast thing away okay should we just, as humans, be doing more of of, of catching up with people, right? Like, it, yeah. it doesn't it th- doesn't it bring you back to like how you should be feeling, just dis- like discussing well, everything and getting into everything? Well, like, have you? Um,
0: sorry yeah. to cut you off. Go ahead. Go no,
1: ahead. No, 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 That's
0: awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, I, um, I mean, I, I think of you know who and what we are, like whatever through whatever process we've gotten here. I'm sure there was a time where it's you know we are talking around campfires, you know, after we've hunted all day and. And uh, now we're just talking around campfires and I feel like, you know, uh, cave paintings and all this sort of stuff is, is storytelling. It's is how our psychological, you know, um, layout is, is, is what our experience is, is a story. It's storytelling. And, and it's not about getting it right. It's not about reading a story over here and taking your note cards and then you come over here and you say exactly it because you remembered it perfectly. That's not, that's not real. That's, that's a, a mimic version of it, you know. Um, do you find that the way that you, just even the things that you talk about, you know, as much as I would totally agree that, you know, when I would drink a lot, um, I've I've only been sober for a few months now, but I feel like the last few years, it's been like just a, you know, a beer or two. Um, I've I've really kind of like really just been over it for a while, but I'm still trying to like figure out exactly what it is. And and what's interesting, this is a side side rail. Um, uh, the, the reason why I kind of like perked up when you first reached out to me is actually my, my last beer. There's this place in Austin called the Black Sheep Lodge. And my last go. beer was there and I was yeah. sitting there and uh, you, I'm, I'm a natural introvert. I love to like work on poetry and, and write music and stuff like I, at the, but I like being in these uh, loud environments. Sometimes yes. i have headphones in. And uh, so one of my favorite things to do, is go to a dive bar, write some poetry, have two beers and have a meal. And uh, I, I, I was like, it was in December actually. And uh, I was there and I was drinking the beer and I just knew this is my last beer. I was like, huh? Whoa. This is interesting. And it wasn't like I'm mad at myself. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, I, I knew this was coming. Here it is, you know. Um, uh, and, oh, and so so my roundabout point um, would be, do you find yourself like the person you were before? Like, even though you have this social lubricant, right? We love that word of, yeah. you know, you have some beers and suddenly you're like open and you're just BSing. and you're connecting with all these people and whatever. There is that, and that is a beautiful thing, but I find that the quality of my conversations, the things that I'm talking about, things that really light me up inside, like, what is this all about? You know, like, what is this, like, how have you experienced life so far? And, and what have you learned, you know, in the last couple of months? I find way more access to enthralling conversations um, when, when I'm not have mm-hmm. you know j- just drinking and conversating um you know not not to not to hate on that cuz it is it yeah. is great but so your conversations before and after do you find that they're vastly different
1: mhm well on that on that point one thing okay so got a few different groups of friends pretty much they're all they're all just friends right but like different different kind of circles but they could all be at one party and they'd all get along right but just you know a few different circles so basically my main circle of friends, as I was drinking and diving into, you know, substance abuse, they really distanced themselves from me because, you know, when you're 21, it's normal, maybe, I don't want to put like a number on it, but, and then as time goes on, people just kind of, you know, grow out of it. I was like kind of growing into it, you know, in my mid twenties. Um, And they distanced themselves from me and few months into sobriety, we were at my buddy stag and um you know they said something that really inspired me they're just like hey we uh something along the lines of like we love the sober kevin like we we like accept and we love and we're like huge fans of the sober kevin like they they said that and i've known like my friends go back like to when i was like two and five and like you know I'll, you know growing growing up and some of the like the gentleman who said that for example from like 18 you know but one of like my, my newer friends technically on paper you know but hearing that really did something to me because a huge part of all this a huge part of getting sober at the beginning was going to my family and this is going to relate in one sec but going to my family and saying I have this problem I'm not like I'm not kidding and them acknowledging and saying we recognize that you have this problem and we recognize that and we mm-hmm. support you that was huge getting sober and going okay now that I'm freaking sober and I feel like naked I'm like here okay maybe I can I'm more not alert but like you know I'm not going to lose my keys so that's cool but overall I'm like do I do I look okay am I all right and just both saying yeah you're fine the way you are and then chilling out that individual like my vibration I guess just like chilling it and a part of it I will say was taking um medications uh, like I take a super, super small, even to this day, super small one called peroxetin. and it's like a, um, you know, anxiety one. It's a, it's actually technically an antidepressant, but it it's supposed to almost make you like sleepy, like really chill, like. Re- and it, I have the like the most mild one. It works so well, mm. um, and you know, part of that could be the chemical side of it, right? Who knows? Maybe I was just born. I don't, I don't know, or
0: maybe if it works, it works, man. That's great.
1: Exactly, exactly. So, you know, with regards to the the conversating part of it, like to be able to get to the point, that was my goal when I literally went. So about eight months in, right when the court thing was pretty much, you know, ending, that's when I was like, okay, I need to, because it was long enough. Where I'm like, I have this anxiety issue. Like I was really concerned, <laughs> and I. Found this anxiety clinic and started going there. and um, yeah, that's that's when I started diving into all that. But um, yeah, the the main goal that I said to my therapist was like, what's but what, you know what's what's your objective with all this? And I just said, I want to be able to stand in a circle of people, not think at all about the anxiety side of it. and I just want to be able to just talk and just be a positive version of myself at work and even personally. And I want like, that's, that's my goal. And today to be able to be there where I like, am I going to say a hundred or a hundred times I'm like that? No, but like maybe the one time that I'm not, it's like a 10th of what it was before or like, you know, 1% of what. So it's just way better. And, uh, yeah, I, I, the huge part of it is what we've gone back going back to what we spoke about before is stepping out of yourself, you know, being a little bit naked in the sense of like, all right, I'm going to try this new thing and it's not going to be me. If it it goes well, it's not going to be me. If it goes bad, it's not going to be me. I'm just going to learn from it. And I'm just going to kind of pull myself. And this is literally what my therapist said. If I'm in a setting where lots of people are coming at me, they're asking lots of questions at once. And that's a situation that we used to invoke a lot of anxiety. I'm going to like pull myself out of it. I'm going to slow it down, pull myself out. So I'm going to look at it like from the ceiling, kind of from the side. I'm just going to look at everyone and I don't have to answer it away just because their energy is like that. I don't have to. And then I'm going to choose one person. I'm just going to start talking to one person who asked a question. And I'm just going to just, just discuss with them. You know, like I, just because somebody runs up to you with um, a microphone and they're like, Hey, uh," and they start asking you questions. Doesn't mean you have to be at that same wavelength. It's like, Mm. I'm good. So, Anyway, so with with the whole, you know, social side of things, all of that combined has helped in the number one thing is just stepping out of yourself and trying other things, you know, okay, so like, if, uh, if therapy isn't working, maybe I need to talk to my doctor, maybe, maybe there's a subscription, maybe, maybe if the subscriptions aren't working, you should talk to a naturopath, right? Keep trying new things. It's something outside of yourself. And that's where your faith, which for me is what the biggest thing in life, my faith. um, That's where that starts to grow. And that's where you can realize how much you are a part of everything else, how much everything is a part of you and how the thing that's inside you, that's like your soul, how you can actually start to like learn from that. Right. And like be inspired by that um and appreciate it right that was that was the biggest part of my journey where things really started to get better was when externally and this is why it's so important for ourselves to help other people right because we need it we need Mm -hmm. on the bad day somebody to say hey you're doing amazing if you're doing amazing like if don't lie to people (laughs) (laughs) but like but you know that that kindness and whatnot it's so key because we need that so the more we are genuinely caring and this this is where the whole social media thing of like hey let's film somebody and we're going to give them money it's like all that's so fit like it's like i know it's just for clicks and it's for this and it's for that and i love there's this one guy on tiktok who makes fun of it and just makes it just takes it to a whole other level and i love that but it's sad right but anyways but on but what we can do in our real lives i think is really explore that right try to step out of ourselves you know go to that meeting that you know you've been thinking about that you're kind of uncomfortable about Uh, go uh, watch a movie Um, date someone if you're single date someone you wouldn't usually date right like just try try to step out of what you're currently doing to see things in another light um yeah and that's that's what really led me down that path and as I've done that been able to really feel inside myself who I am and the self-love part of it was the biggest thing in my first eight months of sobriety had come home sometimes just start bawling crying because i had never taken care of the thing inside of me it was always like it was like a guns and roses song It was just like okay i've got this time off my hands are gonna sweat i'm gonna buy this buy that start consuming i had never just gone like hey it's cold outside i'm gonna bring a jacket like I, i always had that mentality of just like beating myself down so I could be as strong as possible in lots of different ways, but there's never just like, Hey, I'm going to take care of this a little bit. And that's just the environment. I kind of grew up on it and it's my own doing too, right? It's, it's myself. But, um, yeah, as, as time went on, I started to really look at that and, um, and it helps. Right. And to this day, I'm still, a lot of those character defects from six years ago from my childhood, they're still there. But because I'm able to step out of it and look at it and improve some of the, like, I don't want to say easy wins, but some of the first initial stuff that's there, I'm able to have those skills and like a bit of a skill set for life, Mm. right? Like function (laughs) to function. It's really cool. It's really cool. Because when you, when you start to go down that path, you start to learn so much more too. Right. And, um, and it's that much more embarrassing, though, when you're, <laughs> well, it's not, it's not really that embarrassing, because I do, I do feel that I have a level of humility in life, right? And humility is so key to like, mm-hmm. a program, right? Um, being able to laugh at yourself and just, but, um, yeah, it but, does. But
0: before you were probably so afraid of that embarrassment, like, you're like, well, I'll do anything to not, you know, feel that embarrassment that I know is is available to me, if I if I step out of my comfort zone.
1: Exactly, exactly. But over time, it gets great, right? It's kind of fun to be like, you know, that self deprivating side of it with my first, so I had two therapists. The first one I went to was like, it did not go well. It's like, I think your first meeting with a the therapist should be like an interview in many regards. Like it, it's, it really is. Right. It's like two, I always think in my head, it's like two dogs like sniffing each other at a park for the first time. Hmm. And that therapist was just like, anyways, very, I don't want to bash that therapist, but like very fixed and like, Hey, that's self deprivating. Like that's that. But I think we need to be able to laugh at ourselves and be like, Oh, I'm like, uh, not very great at that at all, but you know, (laughs) but, um, anyways, yeah, I didn't, that, that first one didn't go very well. And then, uh, the director of the clinic was like, okay, I'm gonna give you to somebody else who's like their problem child, because this therapist like rented a room sort of a thing at this amazing clinic and, um, and didn't get along that well with the director but was just like amazing at what she did so she was like okay i'm gonna take you from like my apprentice who like i'm making the most money off to the person that's actually gonna work for you um yeah. anyway yeah, the and person then- in
0: the double wide out back you know he's a therapist <laughs> but he's in the trailer you know like yeah that's <laughs> I, I actually just watched yesterday on the plane i just watched goodwill hunting have, have you watched that
1: i love that movie
0: such a fantastic movie i, I definitely cried a bit at the end on the plane just Uh, as as a grown man should but um yeah that is um yeah yeah I, i like you know sometimes it's like um even your own tricks can work through through a therapist you know i remember when i was very young um there was that you i remember being this you know wise little shit that i knew exactly what to say i knew the therapist counselor i knew that relationship so i knew exactly what to say like I would, basically it was like one therapy session and at the end they're like, oh, this kid's fine. He's, he's good. Like he's, cause I knew exactly what to say, but inside I knew that I was like lying so I can not have to deal with this therapy thing, you know, and we will trick ourselves into doing that just like Will does in the movie, you know, this first five, four therapist or whatever that he goes through, he like pretends to be playing the game and then he's just actually like being a smart ass and he's just, you know, but really there's something deep down inside that he, that someone... Who could actually reach out to him and actually actually talk to the real him in there could uh, you know ha- have more access to than these other people would
1: totally and that's like the not to be like super cliche with you know the world we're in and with like hey social media the more vulnerable you are the the better your audience is like that that stuff's true like at the end of the day right and it's like it's it's real it's almost like you know black magic it's like use it willingly like use it mm-hmm. you know for something decent up there. And it's true, right? Like, be the more vulnerable you are with a therapist, your relationship, work, anything like that's where you get to the good stuff, right? And I'm not saying to frickin, you know, (laughs) show up on Monday morning, you know, with uh, telling your boss everything about yourself, but just trying to kind of implement that into everything you do. I do with clients all the time, right for work i i show them that i'm not perfect i uh show them i have two crazy cats that sometimes need food in the middle of like an important business call that that just shows that you're human and that you're not afraid to show that you're human right and um again we don't need to go to the extreme in that of course the extreme can happen sometimes and that's where humility comes in um but yeah uh utilizing that so powerful right yeah. it's real like People say, "Oh, social media, you know, be vulnerable, so your audience gets yeah. you." It's true. It's completely true, right? Mm-hmm. And it's and it's actually really challenging. I think once you start to do it, it works. But I do think it actually is really challenging to do at the beginning. Um, but the process in that is is awesome, right?
0: Just mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I've learned, you know, with, with this podcast, I'm, you know, I'm pretty close to my hundredth episode here. I mean, I technically have a few more recorded that I haven't posted, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of been this process of trying to make sure I'm not bullshitting myself. You know, sometimes I'll hear myself back. I'm editing on podcasts. podcast. I'm like, I was just bullshitting. Like I wasn't, I wasn't even trying to, but you know, you notice it and you're like, cool, gotta, gotta stop doing that, whatever it is. And it's been, um, you know, it's been a, quite a few years for me, but it's always been, something that I try to do, you know, even outside of the podcast, I've kind of always been, uh, I always want to help people. I always want to like serve people. And, and, you know, sometimes it could accidentally come from a place of like thinking that I'm on a pedestal and like, here's what I know something that's very true and you need to do what I do, you know, and I'm always mm-hmm. unwinding that. And I'm always learning that. And I'm always trying to like, humility is a great word for it. I'm always like trying to, t- to trip and fall out loud at the very least you know and like i'm never trying to if someone's like well hey you said this and and then i saw you do this i'm like yeah you're totally right man yeah i had to learn that the hard way didn't i you know and um that that's what i'm drawn to like when i'm listening to like spiritual lectures or i'm listening to like these um you know a, a podcast or um you know a, a live conversation that was filmed or whatever like i, I don't want to hear I'm an expert, and I know this. It's like I want to hear their personal experience and how they discovered it, and, and what they're learning about themselves through the process. And um, mm-hmm. that you know, authenticity is such a such a strange word because you can't like I'm being authentic. You know, like there's not <laughs> a. You know what I mean? Like you got to really just like let yourself, you know, be a fool if you're being a fool and and stumble through it and just try to act through honesty within yourself. And that is communicated. That's heard. That's, that's something that I'm really drawn to in podcasts is like someone just really, they're not trying to feed me bullshit. They're not trying to sell me something. They're not trying to say like, I'm a spiritual leader. And if you want to be happy, you got to be like me and here's the bullet points, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, they're trying to sell you their course or whatever in in, in the, in the background. So, um, Mm -hmm. it, I think that, I think that's, I think we're really, really drawn to that. And I think, uh, I I agree our world needs more of it in a lot of ways.
1: Totally. And vulnerability, I think might be the first step, right? Just being able to be like, all right, I think I know this and this, but let's, let's try it. And that's where you learn so much. Even if you are, let's say you're like a thought leader, you're like a business leader. and, And it's through the process of what we just discussed, right? You've been vulnerable, continuing to go down that path, like, just keep finding more and more and more truth you know like um in, in construction we would always say um that the newest person on the crew is like in many ways the most important because they often will catch the things that everyone else won't catch and they'll be like uh should that thing be open like that and we're like oh we were too busy thinking that we you know knew what we were doing we we're being complacent right so yeah by by that's the other part of like leadership, too that I think is so key not to like you know say I'm a leader. I mean I do believe I am a leader, but like I, I the whole goal I think with leadership is literally being able to include everyone at the same time, but also being able to be brutally honest um and that's one thing that I think with leadership today that's lacking is that nobody ever wants to tell somebody that they're not good at something and of course that's like a horrible way to like to phrase it right but like it's always around about but it's like by showing people and working with them to explore what their natural strengths are and to just praise them when they when they you know take risks and to praise them when they improve on something there's nothing there's nothing to a, a coach boss manager anyone that's better than seeing somebody who's not naturally skilled at something eventually break through and be able to do it that, that's like the coolest thing and that's where my take on on god and, and on religion where i really believe we are mini creators ourselves. like i i posed this to my um therapist about a year or two ago and i said are we all supposed to be creators? Like, are we, like, w- I do, I honestly believe in a creator. And are we supposed to be creators ourselves? Are we, like, made in the image of God? And are we, are we also? And she's like, yeah, you know, it's kind of a philosophical question. I don't really have the answer for it, you know, Like that's, that's interesting. But the more that life goes on, there's my philosophical thought for the day, is that we are, we are all little mini creators and um and it's awesome you know and it's and yeah so um you know if you're if you're gonna yeah it's it's that plus you know the notion of like working with someone and seeing them persevere it's just it's it's awesome um gonna see that all play out and i've i've seen that play out um many times recently it's and it's great when it's yourself too right <laughs> when you just yeah. when you when you cannot handle something and um just go down this tangent a little bit more it's the biggest thing i see right now i work, work a lot of small business owners and many of them are a little bit older right um some are young all different ages but what i think we realize as young people with technology it's the same thing as in construction it's like we don't know everything about how something works. You just kind of figure it out. You just start clicking buttons. You just start <laughs> asking questions on this. You start calling people. You just kind of figure it out. And the more that you step into that, let's say the older person who's doesn't know how to open up their email box, for example, like to us, we would laugh at that, right? But it's like you literally just have to turn on the computer, know what your password is. That's a problem mm-hmm. that all of us as human beings have what is our password for this? There's so many different fricking passwords. It's like, whew. so, you know, okay. We all have that same problem. Write down your passwords or put the same one for everything <laughs> and then just start figuring it out, right? So, um, yeah. start clicking been, around. Yeah, so it's just trying, right? Just trying, um, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's I, I feel like I, I'm seeing that analogy, you know, the, the typical, we've heard it before, but, you know, instead of looking at the whole staircase that goes into the clouds. And you're like, I know that's where I need to get to. And you're like, it's, I I can't, like, I don't have even the leg strength to even climb up there. There's no way, like, I guess I'll sit here. You know, no, the answer is take one step. What can you do today? Don't, don't, you know, you glance up there. Remember where you're going, I think, but you know what? All right, right here. I can take one step. I don't know what, I don't know my email passwords. I, I forgot them. I'm stressed out. I don't have anybody I can call. Well, what you can do is open your laptop. Okay, you got a homepage. All right. Where's it's? maybe I can just type email and maybe that'll pop up. No, that didn't work. Okay. Maybe I start clicking on these things, you know. You're you're getting farther. Take the step that you can take, you know. You can't just sit down and, and accept defeat.
1: And and it's when you start doing that, and that that in itself, we can have no connection like in in what we're talking about there to like to God, to anything else. That could just be faith that things are gonna be okay. All right a little bit of faith that everything's going to work out all right, that it's all good. That faith right there can get you to the top of that staircase in time when you literally had a minute left on the clock. And the more that we do that as human beings, like, oh, geez, I have five minutes to this meeting. I need to send this off or I need to call my mom and wish her happy birthday on her birthday she's about to hop on a flight. Like in, in three minutes, like when you start to just try a little bit, you know and and just test it out you realize how much the universe and just everything else helps you and um you, you just become empowered to do so many different things right so it's great when we start to just you know spread our wings and just try a little bit we open up that computer and throw in apples one two three and next thing we're in and, and i'm just kidding. i don't use that password <laughs> yeah but yeah, yeah right question.
0: everybody write that down that's his password yeah. for everything um <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it, re- it reminds me literally of that part where you're in a, you know uh, you know you're in a situation where a bunch of people are asking you different questions and you're overwhelmed but you kind of give that give yourself that bird's eye view all right i'm going to answer this person right here no you can answer everybody all at once cool accept it give yourself a little bit of faith that it's still going to be okay when you just talk to this person and then cool you answered their question all right you know, Stephanie, yeah, I agree, blah, blah, blah. Rodney, what did you say again? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, cool, now you've just solved it. You didn't have to solve it all at once. You know, it's I, I like this saying, um, and I feel like I say it probably way too much, is uh, <laughs> as you as you begin to walk the path, the path appears. You know, it's, it's, it's this brick, this magical brick thing, and you can't always see the whole path, but you know, you take a step and there's a brick, there's a path.
1: And that's like the inverse of Steve Jobs saying, you can only connect the dots, like looking backwards, right? It's like, if you're, anyways, like he always says that, right? Like if you, if you achieve something, let's say 10 years from now, you achieve what your goal is right now or something close to it. You can't at the beginning go, I'm going to get there this way. Exactly. I believe in planning, by the way, plan for sure. But just know that the road <laughs> is going to appear in front of you, right? As you start to walk it. Right. So it's kind of the inverse of that one, but, um, that's so true. So true. And you, and then you start to like, see the path, you start to trust it. It's like, Ooh, it's, it's lit up. I like this. Um.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then, well, that's when you have words like, you know, faith and, um, in, in faith and grace. And, you know, sometimes I feel Kevin that that these words are, that they're almost locked behind, um, what, what we think, what we think about religion or what we think about spirituality, or what we think about God or soul, or, you know, again, with any of these words, like, um, you know, if I look at myself when I was younger, I, um, it's not that I was like anti any of these things, but it was just like, it just seemed, um, you know, hopefully this doesn't sound offensive, but it just seemed goofy to me. I was just yeah. like, I don't, like, whatever. That's like, I did it. And so, Like, even any time somebody said the words faith around me, I thought I knew what they were talking about. They said God around me, I thought I knew what they were talking about. They said soul or spirit or any of these things, I thought I knew what they were talking about. And and these are profound, you know, they're words, but they spark something very, very us, very divine within us. That yes.
1: And they they mean something different to everyone, right? So that's why it's like if your definition of faith is what you think it is, based on like like when you when you said that there, I started to think, what did I used to my definition of faith be? And it's like, oh, oh, it's you know a bunch of people in a church, and they're all wearing like you know this type of clothes. That's (laughs) you know, uh, yeah, you're like uh, that's not
0: me. That's what you would think. I I know what it is, and I'm not that. You know, yeah, like that's crazy. Walking something. Exactly.
1: Let's try to make, let's try to explore those words. And, and this is the thing that I've just see so friggin' much today is when I just said, let's explore those words. Somebody go, I'm exploring it. And uh, I didn't see anything. No, let's really try to explore it. Like, like actually let's open ourselves up and try to do it. And people always think, not everyone, but on the outside, oh, well, I said this and this, so it came off as that. We can sense as human beings, if someone's being genuine, we can sense when somebody's nervous. We can sense when somebody's being a complete a-hole to us, and they're saying it in a really nice way. And when you try really hard at something, and you genuinely try to do your best, it shows. Even if you're crap at it, it shows. Mm -hmm. So I had somebody the other day, They were completely in the right. They had to move their vehicle. I was, I was helping this business and they didn't have no parking signs, but there was one close to it. Plus I was really nice to the guy. And I just asked if he could move his car, but he's like, Hey, there's no signs. And he was being a complete a-hole. Like the way he genuinely was not trying to be nice and helpful. He was like, Hey man, I'm just trying to help you. And it's like,
0: You said those words, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah. But
1: you, it, it shows, it shows, right? And that's why this is one big thing in life and in business, like the positive side of it that I've taken is like, I used to think if I don't get 100% on the test, you know, I'm a bozo. Or like, for me, it was like, let's get 80%. I just want to be like middle of the class, like, you know, in the test. But as time's gone on and you dig into things, um... I've just began to realize that like our test now is like how clients are happy, you know, the, the finished product. Did they, were they approved for the application? Were they not? It's, it's a yes or a no. It's, it's one or the other, like okays don't really do anything. Right. So I approach every project with the same to do my absolute best and to be honest and to do my absolute best. What I've realized over time is if you try really hard and I've learned this from our, our team too, if you, genuinely do your absolute best you really try and i'm not i don't want to make it sound like hey you have to stay up for five days you have to do all this stuff and walk up this mountain i'm not saying that i'm just saying if you actually put your best foot forward in whatever you do in life to have the best podcast to be the best partner to you know you know to be honest with your community you actually try it's crazy how much that works and how people see that and how they appreciate that right it it does matter inside how 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 you are trying and like for somebody who's very results based and is like hey we need to like this goal that it's an it's incredible how regardless of an individual skill set how them just approaching that every single time how how much it matters i've seen i've seen people who are the most skilled who nine or ten times kill it who eventually just get you know, lose interest or the NH stop trying. How people think? Oh well, I did the same things I've done before. What do you mean? It's not. It's not. It's not good. Or it's not. Or it's, you can tell when someone's actually genuinely done their best, and people appreciate that, right? Like we all. We all appreciate that, right? Like mm-hmm. so. Anyways, I'm just. I'm just trying to communicate inside how we feel, and our approach matters more than anyone can imagine on the outside. It, it shines through so much, whether it's darkness or light, like it just, and I don't think that we, and that that's like down that, you know, telepathic route of just like, Hey, this is stuff you can't see, prove this, that yeah. like it's going down that path, but it's, yeah. it's so fricking true. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, it's
0: awesome. communication is communication is much deeper than than mere words or, you know, and, and of course, you know, there's body language and vocal tonality and, and all these things that do play into it from a psychological level, but there is we can sense something real. I mean, it's, it's, it's really just the truth of what we are. We, we, we know what's real and sometimes we can't put it into words cause it's not really, it's, it's a bit beyond words in some ways. We know what's and real though.
1: T- totally. And that, that like takes me to like the path of leadership, yeah. you know? And like, and when I say leadership, I know we all think like, Hey, it's the it's a big, strong leader, you know, whatever gender, whatever. That's another
0: one to- of those words, like God and spirituality, we kind of have yeah. a
1: exactly with leadership we think like hey someone's strong like and maybe somebody else's take on it could be completely different right maybe they had some amazing leaders growing up and it was different but regardless the leadership thing it's like i watch a lot on like business um because i think business is so translatable to everything else in life um like the challenges and just putting yourself out there and finding your own truth in many different regards. um excuse me um and people a lot of different people on different podcasts and different you know, um, speeches that they talk about how, if you do something and if you start moving towards it, and if you're leading and you're just, you're taking it to where you need to go, people will just instinctively follow you because they can tell, cause first of all, that's actually really rare. When somebody's like, anyone could say, Hey, I'm going to open up this business, this and that, and they can start to do different things. It's a whole other thing to say, I'm going to open this restaurant and it's going to change the way that people meet for coffee. Okay. It's going to like, this is going to be something I've I've had this in my dreams. I've spoke to business coaches about this, consultants. I've like, I've refined this. This is going to change the way we meet in person for coffee. Totally hypothetical, but I'm just giving you an example, right? Like if you start to do that and build that, people instinctively that are supposed to be there will know it's real, right? And, and follow it. And the guy who's absolutely looney tunes like somebody who's like just making it up might attract people who want to be attracted to like that really negative situation right there might be some people Mm. who either either do actually have some mental challenges and god bless them if they were being duped in by some horrible individual in that instance but we follow the truth right it's like the wind we how can i how can i prove to you the wind is real you know um you know now that i'm thinking about it we can maybe put something up and see that it not gets knocked over right but outside of that it's not it's not like a color a lot of the time right but we know it's real it's the same thing with um that leadership with god with faith if sense it be intuitive start to build it and it's like a muscle right it'll just start working and you'll just start to find your own truth and all of that and that's mm-hmm. that's really just to kind of finish things off that's that's my take on the jesus thing i know it offends a lot of people and it's probably the most persecuted religion that there is out there right now like we talk a lot about islamophobia which i don't believe you should be horrible to any religion or to any group of people as long as they're you know doing their best to be positive um, members of you know humanity but um you know i i've found my my own truth in jesus i think jesus was the son of god it sounds crazy doesn't it like it sounds so crazy but as you dig into it and as you feel it i personally i can feel it like i i and that's just my own belief right because when i turn myself over to that i'm led it's like the conduit to god into the holy spirit is through jesus and that's just my own take right? Like, that's my own, but I can literally feel that. And I also see people who reject it so much. And I also see people who, like, how many times when you see a professional athlete or anyone, achieve, uh, you know, receive an award, how many times do they stop and they say, thank you, God, you know, or thank you, Jesus. And like, why is that? You know, like, who knows? That, that, that mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I believe that um, a big part of it is faith, turning yourself over to something else, that will help guide you. And and that's just one thing I wish for like the whole audience and anyone who's watched to this point in, in you know, the, the podcast is like, start building your own. And if you do have your own, keep exploring it. Right. And like, um, you know, God is real and it's, and it's not you, you know, and it's yeah. not to downplay any person. I think that everyone is special. And that's the biggest thing in like sports teams and parents that like, that I've always loved is like the parent who believes in the kid that's not even theirs. And one thing like when I was I was 16, I was going to the soccer tournament. I played with this team for years. And I was on this drive and uh this friend of my dad, my friend was sleeping, his dad was driving. And he said, you know, your mom did a really good job with you like growing up. And just said like, you're you're a great you're a great kid. And was, this is my last mm-hmm. tournament because so I was going to play rugby after that. Um try to go try to go pro in that. And he really meant it. And that like mm-hmm. It's crazy how much that means to certain people, you know, and to everyone, right? To have somebody who's like, you know, every parent wants to probably put their kid first and like, uh, you know, just show that unconditional love and whatnot for other things. And just, that just shows really what we should be. And we're all, we're all interconnected, right? Me doing something horrible to one person, affects somebody else and this and that. And it's, it's, it's just incredible when, uh, when people, you know, practice that, so.
0: Mm, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah—a a beautiful thing. I mean, it's, it's pretty profound that you even have it to this day. You have that memory of this thing that you know to be important to you. Of just him, you know, maybe he didn't even think about it profoundly. Maybe he, maybe he just was communicating from his truth of like, you know, what your mom did good, and uh, yeah. you know, you, you're you're doing all right, and in this sort of thing. I feel like I have my own my own versions of the same thing. Of um, uh, you know, in areas where my parents didn't say certain things, I can definitely pinpoint, you know, three grown men, older adults in my life that would tell me things that like would snap me out of my, you know, being, being a little shit, you know, and, and I, and I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I'm going to believe that. And I, I remember those to this day and it's, it's a yeah. profound thing. Yeah. So
1: even today, even today, tomorrow, like we can still say those things and we shouldn't go around making stuff up and doing this and that, but if we can honestly talk to people and try to inspire them through just being ourselves and like pointing out like, Hey, that was incredible like that was Mm -hmm. (laughs) whatever you did right there that was incredible what was that and you know or being honest with people hey that could have been better you know just trying to be genuine and honest with people it's incredible how much a that comes back to you and b how that can help people even today right like look what you just said some grown men even the last few years you know maybe validated things that you needed validated when you're younger and that's it's nothing against your family something it's my family That was one of the biggest things when i was going through therapy i was like this is nothing, it's my family. I love them. And they're like, no, oh, we, we get that. We get that. We yes. can get that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So my mom beat me when I was uh four. Right. I was going back to class. No, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean our, our parents are just on their own path as well. You know, we're all just yeah. we're all just together on this journey. We're all just, you know, again, Ramdas, like I've mentioned, uh he, he says we're all just walking each other home. And it really is that. You know, there's there's this current that's going through and we're all Maybe not aware how our interactions are affecting each other in like very deeply profound ways, but when we're acting from truth, I think that we're all you know, falling back into that current. You know, we're not trying to go against the river and go against the current that's forcing against us. It's lifting your legs up and just oh, I'm gonna say that. You know, I'm. You know what? You did good job, kid. You know, or you know what? I, I see better than you. And and uh, you know, I had teachers. I had a, a principal who pulled me to the side um, after I like had just I just I basically smoked a bunch of weed and then I went to this school dance and he didn't get me in trouble but he pulled me to the side and basically told me like hey i don't know if you notice or not but uh people listen to you you're a leader and now like you know at the time i'm like okay bro like you know cool and to this day <laughs> to this day i notice when i'm rambling on people are listening to me and so i should take responsibility and that's you know i think that's what what a leader should do um Thanks. kevin we are getting up here right in time i would i would love to um just just very quickly can you tell people where to find your business where to find your website where to find more on you all of this for sure.
1: Our website is BSBCON.com. That stands for Black Sheep Business Consulting. Um, I I I love chatting with people. I love, you know, just general discussion. So I'm really accessible. I always try to be, I always tell people if you want to get a hold of me, call me. Cause I always answer my phone or I always calling people back. Emails, mm-hmm. I can let those get on, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, but you can contact me by email too. But yeah, um, you know we write business plans i in the next minute or two i'm going to go into this other call with this very nice gentleman uh looking for a business plan and yeah i'm just uh i want to i want to be you know the who's the guy from the matrix
0: neo, neo. morpheus
1: yeah. <laughs> i want to be morpheus no uh i forget his name he's a canadian actor but he's just a real like down-to-earth um individual right and like that's i want to be in a point where I can make change where I can be successful but at the same time. Um, I want to be somebody who's just as normal as you can be, because mm-hmm. that's how I feel like, you know, what, what I meant to do and to just do my best and make mistakes on the public stage. You know, like that's, that's where I really want to go. And anything I can do to help other people, I I want to try to try to do. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. thanks so much for, for your time. Today. It was a great, great time being on the show. And, um, you're doing a
0: great thing. Awesome. Yeah. Th- thank you, brother. I appreciate you saying it. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll be in touch. I would love to pick your, pick your brain about, um, you know, my yeah. own business and my own, my own kind of plans here. So, um, yeah, I, I would love to set that up and, uh, maybe we should hop on a phone call so I don't, uh, text or email you, but yeah, yeah if yeah, you have yeah, time in the next <laughs> few days, um, you know, I, I would love to, uh, I would love to coordinate that, man. I'd love to chat with you about that
1: sweet dude let's do it for sure thank you so much man it was great talking to you dude i'm excited to see it i know it might take weeks or months till you actually post it but that'd be cool to see it, man.
0: awesome yeah we'll, we'll see i think i'm gonna post this one a bit sooner
1: all right cool all right cool. thanks so much man have a good day thanks jake
0: yeah you too Bye. take care brother listeners love yourselves peace out at what age do we learn how to have better conversations
1: at what age do we learn to have better conversations with ourselves
0: is power.